Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today's been a rather interesting day in video game news. As you can see, what I'm referring to on your screen before you is, of course, that the Nintendo Switch OLED model pre-orders went live today. You can get it wherever Nintendo Switch OLED models might be sold. But you might be asking yourself, Rick, didn't you say the OLED Switch was something of a disappointment? You made a video with a thumbnail that said Nintendo. Rumored Switch Pro turns out to be anything but. And you would be right there, nameless voice that's asking me, myself, questions as I record this video. I wasn't thrilled with the Nintendo announcement of the OLED model of the Switch because it didn't add any power to the docked versions. I've had trouble with my Switch software just running at frame rates that should be normal for something in the year 2021. Some of the games that Nintendo itself has released going down to 20, maybe even single digit frame rates in a manner that I find uh, a little bit uncool when I'm playing a video game. No. I am making this video for an interesting announcement, not because Nintendo announced a Switch Pro, but in fact that the makers of Steam, occasional software like Half-Life, and other things, Valve announced a Switch Pro, or Super Switch, or whatever you want to call it. As IGN has the exclusive marketing feature here, multiple parts, we're going to be looking at a few of them, Valve announces the Steam Deck, a $400 handheld gaming PC. We'll talk about that $400 in just a second. It's a bit of a, not a loss leader necessarily, but not something necessarily that you would have as your primary portable model if you intend to have a ton of games on the platform. But what is this Steam Deck? Well, as we look at it, you'll find that it looks a whole lot like a Nintendo Switch. And for good reason. It's essentially a portable PC that also docks to any kind of screen that you want to throw whatever it's playing up at. As IGN says here, Valve has now officially announced the Steam Deck, a handheld gaming PC, arriving later this year. And more on that lack of date in just a second. The Steam Deck has a form factor similar to that of a slightly larger Nintendo Switch, but with the capabilities of a full gaming PC. It runs a modified version of Valve's Steam OS, complete with a new console-like interface for easy navigation of both the Steam Store and your Steam library, but it also provides access to an unrestricted computer desktop where any third-party applications can be installed, including non-Steam games or launchers. You know who loves that? Tim Sweeney loves that. And we'll also be talking a little bit about Apple versus Epic as we discuss the framework in which this particular device was made and some of the quotes that Valve's engineers give. As you can see from this shot, again, it's effectively a Switch, but it's a Switch that's a PC that runs SteamOS, which I believe, and I know enough to be dangerous when we start talking about technical details here, is a version of Linux, so it's not a Windows PC, which might create some friction for some of the games available on your library. I can't be sure of that, but it is an OS that is regularly used by a number of games on their service. The actual Steam Deck has a 7-inch 1280 by 800 resolution LCD monitor, so it's not that fancy OLED that Nintendo is adding to their Switch. Uh, and it's also not really a terribly high resolution monitor. They're, th they're going to run their games apparently at 720. But if you've played a Switch, you've played on your phone, you've played an iPad, you know the smaller the screen gets, at least in my experience, the less important that high level of resolution is. So it's probably good enough for the resolution itself. Practically speaking, as IGN says, that makes it a substantial amount stronger than the Switch, allowing it to run modern games impressively well. As a point of reference, I was able to play Jedi Fallen Order on an in-development Steam Deck at high graphical settings 
with little to no issue. And in fact, if we go to the Steam page where they're selling this thing to you, we can scroll down and they have some videos of actual gameplay running on prototype hardware. And looking at this, it looks really darn nice. Of course, it's a marketing piece. It's supposed to look nice. You wouldn't put it up if it didn't. But as we look at this, it does look much, much, much more impressive than the Switch. Uh, so I'll be very interested to see more hands-on demonstrations as it gets closer to release. You've also got other game demo type things that they put up here. They've got control running. They've got some other stuff running on the videos. I will, of course, link to this store page so that you can check it out for yourself. But at least on my initial gut reaction looking at this thing, it's pretty darn impressive, especially when you've got the same 64 gigabytes that the Nintendo Switch OLED model is offering for only $50 more for a substantially stronger console. Now we'll talk about Nintendo, we'll talk about Valve towards the end of the video and why it's certainly not as easy as just picking this because it's stronger over a Nintendo Switch, especially because of the software that Nintendo offers. But in terms of technology, one would be forgiven in looking at these specs that Valve is offering and essentially looking at the Nintendo OLED model and saying, well, that if that didn't feel good when Rick made Nintendo as a thumbnail, it really doesn't feel good when you see what kind of tech $400 can actually buy you. And when your Zelda games or your Mario games or things that I truly love on the Nintendo system are locked behind this technology that doesn't afford me the best way to play them, uh, it, it makes me a little sad. That's a technical term, maybe a little bit of term of art in the legal profession, but it does, it, it makes me a little sad because I'd rather be playing Nintendo games than PC games on a Switch Pro, but this is what's been offered and it is, in fact, exciting. Now, you might have also seen the shots of this thing and said, where are those joysticks? What are these boxes? These boxes are actually, as it turns out, touchpads for using a mouse control if you want to try to play Crusader Kings in portable mode or something like that. But the joysticks are up high and they are across from each other. And I looked at that and said, hmm, I'm not so sure about that. The controller setup, as IGN describes it, is on either side of the screen, has all the buttons, triggers, and full-size joysticks you'd expect from a modern gamepad and more. The sticks are actually capacitive, meaning they can detect when your thumb is resting on them, and below each one is a small trackpad that can be used for mouse inputs. There are also four back buttons on the rear of the Steam Deck, like a fancy Xbox controller, that can be mapped however you see fit. Additionally, and here's one that's just important to me, the Steam Deck has Bluetooth support for any device you could connect to a regular PC, including headphones like Apple AirPods. I will never understand why Bluetooth devices can't be used on all consoles and all devices, uh, but here we are. That proprietary technology is important to some of the console manufacturers when I'd prefer to just connect my little AirPods. It can also be docked in case you think this isn't really a Switch. It can be docked because it's a PC. It can be hooked up to an external display as well as a mouse and keyboard if you want to use it as a more traditional PC. Now we get to where the rubber hits the road, and you might have seen it when we were looking at the Steam page itself. That $399, that price point that's only $50 more than a Switch, only gets you 64 gigabytes of storage on the games that you want to play. Now that's the same as the Switch OLED model, but because these games are made for PCs, because they might not have the ability to control what kind of textures you're downloading or what have you, 64 gigabytes in a PC environment goes significantly less far than 64 gigabytes in the Switch environment. Said another way, when you go to download a Switch game, they tend to be a lot smaller than you're used to seeing when you're downloading video games because 
the Switch can only display so much and they're trying to keep those textures down and everything else. That isn't likely to be the same unless they make specific Steam Deck versions of their games. And so 64 gigabytes is pretty darn small. Now we'll see, they actually do support separate storage cards that will allow them to play games, but you won't necessarily get the benefits of whatever their fast read-write storage is, which they say, as we'll see in a quote, goes faster the more money that you give Valve until you're at the real version, the best version with special anti-glare glass and the fastest storage and the biggest storage is $650. By the time you get to that number, you're talking about two switches uh, and that's an obvious difference in amount for what is, I think, a pretty cool little device. Finally, you get to the end of this main article on IGN and you see what we were talking about before. The Steam Deck doesn't have a hard release date yet, but it's currently set for a holiday 2021 launch and Valve President Gabe Newell told IGN that hitting these price points was painful, but critical. That's right, everybody is worried about chips and hardware and logistics and transport here in 2021 and they announced this device today without a release date. Steam Deck starts shipping December 2021, which usually would mean you could assume you're going to get it somewhere in that time frame, maybe six to eight weeks. Right now, with the state of logistics and shipping being what it is, I'm not actually sure when, even if you win a pre-order, which I believe starts tomorrow, you'll get one anywhere near December, and that's assuming that they're actually produced in a time frame that is timely. So not having a date on this is a pretty big step back from knowing that if we look at the OLED pre-orders that they're actually supposed to arrive in stores and presumably at your doorstep on October 8th. So why did Valve announce today? Honestly, I think it was because of these pre-orders. It's not unusual in technology or really any industry to kind of time your announcements out to somebody else doing something. And certainly everybody that saw this device was going to compare it to a Nintendo Switch. So why not steal a bit of thunder on the day that they opened their pre-orders for a system that got a bunch of thumbs up in the trailer that announced the OLED model, but has faced some headwinds from folks like me that look at it and say, it doesn't help the dock. And if you're already playing it just in portable mode, you might as well get a light that's $150 difference, et cetera, et cetera. And you can maybe steal some of that thunder, maybe steal some of those future sales, even though you haven't figured out when your system is actually coming out. So I think this is a very intriguing system. I've got a big Steam library of games. I've wanted to play some of them portably, and certainly the Switch has left me wanting vis-a-vis that portable play experience. But it has to be noted, the $400 probably isn't real for most of the big stuff that they're showing in clips like of Jedi Fallen Order and Control and things like that. Real meaning that you're not going to be able to put maybe any games on there, but at least a number of games that you would have on a system of your choice. And... Once you're spending real money, you don't even know when it's going to come out, when it's going to ship on a boat, because 2021 is so weird. So there are negatives involved in all this, and Nintendo seems to have a better handle on actually delivering you a piece of hardware that you can be assured that you will get for the Christmas season this year. IGN, as I said, got this exclusive. It's a marketing piece, but they did a good job with it. And they got, as part of that exclusive, an actual hands-on playtest with this thing. They said after spending several hours across two days playing a wide variety of games, it's hard not to be impressed by the balance of price, power, form, and function Valve has managed to strike. And I will, of course, link this as I link everything else. I admit, says this author, I was a bit thrown off by its control layout. Now, not unsurprisingly for what is a marketing piece, he finds himself to be in love with the layout once it's done. I think reasonable minds can differ on this, and you'll have to 
Judge for yourself when you get your hands on it. It's one of the areas where I am most concerned because I look at the way they're holding their hands and I'm not sure I can envision that as being terribly comfortable, but I'm very hopeful that it will be. You get the price discussion that we talked about above, and then you get some description of how it actually operates. The Steam Deck will draw immediate comparisons to the Nintendo Switch. Yes, indeed. But while it might look like a handheld console, Valve's device really does have more in common with a desktop gaming PC when it comes to its capabilities. The Steam Deck runs a custom version of SteamOS that gives you a console-like experience on the surface without having to worry about things like drivers or setup. But under the hood is a full-blown PC for those that want the freedom to go deeper. We don't think people should be locked into a certain direction or a certain set of software that they can install, Valve designer Lawrence Yang told IGN. If you buy a Steam Deck, it's a PC. Now, why did I bring up these particular quotes? Because, of course, we've been covering Apple versus Epic and Epic versus the world at length here in virtual legality. And you can't help but notice that this bears a strong resemblance to the discussion had between the court and Epic and Apple about what the nature of a walled garden is. Apple going out very strongly saying it's important to us to keep our software locked down because the people that want to purchase an Apple product like that locked down approach here, not unsurprisingly, from Valve, pretty much ambassadors of the PC gaming landscape, they say we don't want to lock down things. Very much taking the Tim Sweeney and Epic Games approach of saying lockdowns are bad. What they're also trying to prove with this piece of hardware, and it will be interesting to see if they can do it, is that you can have what amounts to a walled garden experience. That we're going to set this whole thing up so it feels like a console, but you can dive deeper. As IGN says, PC gaming is about more than just getting away from the walled gardens of console game stores. We like things like customization. We think that there will be a pretty approachable entry point where you can see the games that work really well by default and get a pretty seamless gaming experience. That there'll be something on the front end in the way that this OS works that will say, this works great on Steam Deck. And because we know what the specs of a Steam Deck are, we can tell you that it will work great and you can know that you will have a great experience. But... If you want to go in and load something else, sideload something else, change settings, do what you want with it, you'll be able to do that. And they think that they can prove that that'll work for basically all audiences. As they continue with their quote, if you want to go one step further and use all these options, you can customize your controls, your level of performance, your battery life, Steam Workshop, even mods that are outside of Steam Workshop and just on the internet in general, all these options that are dear to PC gamers are fully supported by the deck. Now, Apple might say something along the lines of that exposes it to security issues, and it might. I don't know the answer to that question. I'm not technological enough to tell you the answer to that question. Certainly as someone that enjoys a walled garden experience where I don't have to think about the 600 different buttons that might improve my performance and that generally doesn't like PC gaming and open Android platforms and things like that, for that reason, you can call me out in the comments to this video and say you're an idiot and you could get better performance if you just dealt with these toggles. I simply don't like it. I don't like spending the time on it. It always feels like wasted effort. To me, I'm a guy that looks at this and says, maybe that is a good solution here where you essentially have some kind of curated experience and a backdoor that allows the people that want that backdoor to do more with it. Now, if that does prove to be viable for someone like me, well, then I think you've added an arrow to the quiver of folks like Epic Games that say Apple could do that. All of these wall gardens, including PlayStation and Xbox, could do that, could open themselves up if they had a curated experience at the front end. So I'm viewing this not just as a product they want to sell into the marketplace, but also potentially a proof of concept to break in 
to some of these places. Tim Sweeney and Epic want to put their Epic Game Store on everything, and they don't think it hurts anything. And part of their argument is that Apple is wrong or lying or just mistaken about the fact that they're adding that store to that framework hurts things. So it'll be interesting to see if something like this actually can find a legitimate audience in the marketplace with this kind of quasi-curated, quasi-PC approach. You see this picture, and this is pretty interesting. You've got somebody playing on a docked Steam Deck here, connected to a monitor, connected to a controller, very much looking the way my dock looks like with my laptop, and playing what it looks to be Crusader Kings pretty well. Now, it's unclear because this thing was only built with specs to put a 720 output on this tiny screen. I can't tell from this photo exactly how this looks in person. I'm not sure that they finalized how it will look. We'll see in their fact that IGN put up that even Valve isn't making any promises for how it runs on a monitor or TV that you might throw it to. But it's interesting. It's an interesting setup, and it does kind of speak more towards that you're a PC, you can toggle these things to figure out what works for you. More than that walled garden experience, where if you think about how a switch works, you dock it and you get what you get, which sometimes means that the docked performance of a game is substantially worse than the mobile performance of a game because the developers just didn't do the right things to make the experience good in a docked format. This would say, yeah, well, if that happens, you can change it. You can figure things out for yourself. Or as IGN says here, while the Steam Deck is obviously designed for portable gaming, it's also fully functional as a desktop PC. Using a Docker hub to expand its single USB-C port, you can connect it to a monitor, mouse, and keyboard, Ethernet, and whatever other peripherals you see fit. Since it targets a 720p resolution, more than enough for its 7-inch screen, says IGN, your mileage may vary, it's able to play current PC games at medium to high settings with smooth frame rates. And while the internal storage can't be upgraded, so you get what you get when you pay for it at the front end, there is an SD card slot to expand your storage, which games can be installed onto and played directly off of if you don't mind them loading a bit slower. And Valve's team told IGN they've done a lot of work to optimize load times as best as possible. The proof will be in the pudding there when people actually get to play with this a little bit more than IGN's exclusive marketing thing here. But it is very interesting, and certainly the fact that it supports those SSDs and things like that is helpful, or not SSDs, but the SD card slot. Uh, he says, I'll now be able to go mobile with not only my overflowing Steam library, but also my Epic Game Store, Uplay, and Itch.io collections. It'll be interesting to see how much those particular uh, platforms support this, how much extra effort it will take for a user to get those onto the thing. That will prove exactly what kind of use case this system has. You also get stuff that goes along with that lack of date with this fact, and I will link this, of course, as well, they say as you go higher, as you pay us more, the read-write speeds will go faster. We mentioned that. We men they mentioned that they'll be producing a dock. It'll be sold separately, and they don't know when it'll be available. They don't know whether it'll be available for launch. And they say any USB-C dock that you can buy off the shelf will work, just like one you'd use with a laptop. But since the story has been published, we've seen questions about the output resolution in dock mode. It is not limited to the 720p that it's limited to in portable mode but performance will be impacted if you increase the resolution. So this isn't a substitute for your Xbox Series X. This isn't a substitute for your PlayStation 5 in all likelihood because it was built to have good output at 720p on a tiny, tiny little screen. It would be surprising if it had great output on a screen that is bigger. However, it's also a really, really, really cheap docked laptop. So if it gives you anything close to performance, that would be reasonable for playing a game on a gaming PC that might be a good substitute even for that. So it's a really interesting product here and they don't have dates on this stuff. I will link that fact. And I wanted to make this video because I do think 
it's more exciting, obviously, than the Switch OLED, but it doesn't provide what Nintendo provides. And, and what is that at the end of the day? That's Nintendo games. One of the reasons that this announcement for the Nintendo OLED model was so disappointing to someone like me is that I really do love Nintendo's output. I love Animal Crossing here, even though it takes eons to load. I love Zelda, even though it's got frame rate issues. I love Age of Calamity, even though it's got more frame rate issues than Zelda. And I would love to see Nintendo games freed and put up with specs like the Steam Deck has here. And so it's not going to have Nintendo exclusives. That's not going to have what Nintendo brings to the party. Nintendo gets to charge a premium for what is lesser technology because it's one of the best software developers in the world. Now, Valve is to some extent as well, although they only make a game a decade uh, by the looks of things. And yet, while I'm excited about this, it's also worth noting that Steam, like so many other big technological giants, don't necessarily support even interesting technology for all that long. I pulled up an article here. Steam controllers are dead, Valve confirmed, so you can get one really cheap. Valve went in on these controllers for about five years. I think it was like 2015, maybe, to 2019. And the controllers, I never really loved that much, but they were interesting. They introduced haptic concepts in a way that we're only now seeing kind of introduced with the PlayStation 5. And they had some interesting ideas, but they didn't stick with it because they didn't make a ton of money. They didn't get that ROI. And technology companies, to their credit, are always trying new things. But early adopters are always the ones that need to be the most concerned about these kinds of things. So am I in on this? I'm almost certainly going to get one of these because I think it's super interesting and I would love to see more competitors to things like the Nintendo Switch succeed because I'd like to see Nintendo get off their butts and make their system a little bit better. But is it going to be a promise of Valve being in this market for 20, 30, 40, 50 years? No, I can't say that because... It's going to have to have returns. Other people are going to have to find the use case. It's not really $400. It's probably more like five dollars or $600. And that might be a little bit too much, especially when folks looking to buy something at the holiday season can't just take the promise that it's set to be out in December as anything when you do have those logistics and other issues. So did they steal Nintendo's Thunder? I think they did. I think they showed that you can make a Switch Pro at a fairly reasonable price point because... While the $400 isn't real for a PC device, it sure as heck would be re real for the Nintendo game sizes that are out there, and it would give you more power. You wouldn't need necessarily 4K output. You wouldn't need textures that match PlayStation 5 games. You just need better performance. You just need better frame rates and potentially the more power that comes along with it. The other thing I will say in terms of these specs, I think I skipped over it, is they did have something that said that the battery life is going to be between two and eight hours. It's going to depend on what you do with it. It's going to depend on how many frames you use. Yeah, I wanted to grab this here. And that's not great. Certainly, it's not something that you can just necessarily take on a long train ride or a long plane flight and not worry about it. Uh, I think right now, the Switch is averaging four and a half to nine, I think is what Nintendo quotes it. So it's less than that. And certainly, you're going to have more control over things like frame rate. So you're always going to feel the pull to, to reduce those in order to get more battery life. But if you've got an external power device, if you've otherwise gotten used to running around with a Switch, it's probably not the be-all and end-all of things. So that's what I wanted to talk to you all about. It's a very interesting device. I'm very interested in potentially purchasing it. I, in fact, I almost certainly will purchase it. Uh, but is it actually going to eat into one of the most popular systems in the world? I think it's probably a few steps from that. I very much hope that it gets some kind of market because I'd like to see Valve continue as a competitor in this marketplace. 
That's been Virtual Legality Today. If you enjoyed the talk of business, law, video games, technology, and more, please consider supporting the channel at Patreon or just supporting us by subscribing, giving us upvotes, even downvotes, leaving comments, talking to us about what you think about this news. Are you going to buy one of these? You think it's stupid? Are you going to buy an OLED model of the Switch? Tell us. If you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.